Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick. Mitch Hotch lurking somewhere here in the background. Uh, on today's show, got a couple of guests on our radar. Nick Shaheen will join us at 8.35. He is, of course, the author of Create Income with the Option Spreads and SellSpreads.com. And then at 9, we have J.C. Peretz from All Star Charts. Uh, he's a longtime friend of the program, hasn't been on uh, in, a, in a little bit here. So it'll be good to get J.C.'s thoughts on the market before going any further. I want to remind you all that all the information on our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. We're also going to talk Alibaba, uh, going to talk vaccine stocks today. We'll take questions from our chat. So we're a lot to get to. Hit that like button. Show us some love here. Joel, what's the word in the overnight trading session? Green, Spencer. Uh, up 15 and a half handles. We caught a bit right off that uh, 6 p.m. open. You didn't even see unchanged in the S&P futures. Uh, you get some good news and you hit 47.75. That's just the only target you have there because we've never been up to this uh, territory. So currently trading 37.43. Uh Crude, hanging out in the 48 handle, sold off a little bit yesterday, but came back. That's of 58 cents at uh, 48.20. Gold and silver going opposite ways again. Uh, Gold up 240 at 1882.80. And silver down 18 cents at 26.36. Bitcoin, that that withstood a uh, a little sell off here on the uh, on the Ethereum or the Ripple news and boom right back up by the dip we got down to twenty six oh eighty currently up fifty five bucks at ten twenty seven thousand one hundred and sixty five triple D I guess do you want to start with the Bobster or do you want to talk about the uh, the SEC getting in, uh, involved in the cryptocurrencies. I want to talk about the Momo sell-off yesterday because that was impressive. I mean, you are seeing what is happening the last couple of days is everything that was working is not working and everything that was not working was working because we saw rotation for the first time, it feels like in forever, from all the small little uh, Momo growth names into the mega caps. And we saw Amazon up a hundred bucks. We saw Apple trading up substantially and continuing to go. And it looks like, you know, I was saying Apple could challenge a new all-time high by the end of the year when it was 120. Well, we are right there this morning trying to make new all-time highs in Apple. So again, Apple, you know, eventually does start to get the money. I mean, you're not going to make 20% a day in Apple, but you're not going to lose 20% a day either because you look at stocks like the Trade Desk yesterday, they're losing 100 bucks. 
it was the Momo trade coming off. Crowded trades where everything had been working in these smaller names. They hammered those stocks. Um, you know, obviously, Fubo fits into that category as well. I made a bad call thinking that Fubo could bounce yesterday. It did, um, though. It, it did. did at the end, but I was dead, dead wrong. I actually tried to play it. I, I, I bought more right after the open. I was like, okay, now I have a mark. So I played the Joel Alconin, you know, safety trade basically where it opened and it opened below 40, I believe. And then it, it opened at 39.15 and then it rallied quickly over 40. And then um, it pulled, it went right up to 41 and then it pulled back into around 40. I was like, this 40 becomes support. So I tried it there. I bought a 40, it quickly ran to 41. I was like, oh, this could work, you know, this could work. But then it started to roll over and started to get heavy. And as soon as it took back out 40 again, I was like, nope, it's too heavy. I even tweeted it out afterwards. I, I tweeted, I thought it could go green. And I tweeted, no, you can just tell that the first fit 10 minutes, and this is a good lesson, you know, to do some education here. The first 10 minutes in a Momo name is very important. And, you know, sometimes you see everybody rush for the exits, you know, immediately, you know, after the open there, they, you know, they're spooked from the day before, they're spooked on a headline, they're spooked on something. You get that flush. And then do you see buyers start to emerge? And you did see that in the first few minutes of Fubo. But what happened was is more just huge sellers came in and then started to knock it back down. So the party isn't over yet, obviously, for the sellers in FUBO. We also have that analyst. Uh, what, what is his name there? Um, Rich uh, from um, Rich Greenfield. Yeah. And he will not stop. I mean, he is on he's on Twitter and he tweeted. I was looking yesterday, like 35 or 40. Really? Tweets on how much Fubo is just not Roku. It's not this. He will not stop. So I've never seen an analyst. Like usually an analyst, they're very quiet. They put their research reports and then they'll do an interview or two and that's kind of it. I've never seen so much vocal, like trying, he's basically driving the price down. So, I mean, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. You know, we all give our opinion. So he's totally entitled to do that. I've just never seen analysts kind of do it like that, where he's coming in, he gives a research report, a crazy $8, $8 price target, you know, putting a sell on it, and then just continues. He's got to have a couple hundred tweets in the last three days. Every single time he tweets, it's about FUBO right now, just knocking it down. I mean, that's putting pressure on the stock. Don't kid yourself. Every time, you know, the guy is followed. So every time he comes out with a tweet, you know, even last night, there was an insider or there was a, 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 an, a, an investor coming in, and he's quick to point out, well, we already knew this information. You know, he's trying to do whatever he can to obviously continue to drop down the price so i mean he's got an eight dollar price target he thinks it's going lower and he's spreading the word of his opinion i'm assuming he's not in it you know these analysts aren't in any of these positions so he's just you know spreading his opinion widely but i just you know it's very interesting and unconventional to see an analyst that vocal is he, is about he their a, opinion he started a new firm right he's not uh, is that correct, Spencer? He's not yeah. at BTIG. He, no, no, he was he was at BTIG. Now it's I think it's called Lightshed Partners. The, he's trying to make a name for himself here at Lightshed is what he's trying to do. And you know, I he's, he's he's allowed to do that. So he's allowed to tweet. He's allowed to talk his opinion. But when they keep talking that much bearishness about a stock, it probably continues to put pressure on. Every time it tries to rally, he's there saying how much this is going down. So I mean, he's got yeah, the eight dollar right. price target. He's making a bold call. Um, so I guess, you know, he's, he's trying to make a name for himself here and, hey, you know, uh, he might end up being right. Like, we don't know what, you know, all this stuff's been, you know, crazy valuation. I mean, it ran from 13 to 60. It got way overdone. I still have the small piece. Um, again, like I said, I tried to buy more yesterday. I did. And then I got stopped out. I ended up only losing 15 cents because nice. yeah, it was a good trade actually. So you can say, you know, what's a good trade when you lose money. It's not the case. 
when you save yourself because the stock fell four points after I bought it. So when you save yourself from losing 10% on something quickly, that's a good trade. Some of your best trades are losers. And people will not understand that, especially in this up tape. They won't get that. But, you know, you get into down markets or you get into markets, you know, think about Trade Desk yesterday. If you were able to cut your loss for five or 10 bucks and then it falls 100, that was a good trade if you only lost $10 on, you know, if you had bought that open up at 941, the high tick and pull the rug out from under it. So, you know, markets don't go up forever. Certain stocks, they don't go up forever. This is, you know, a natural, probably a natural flush out of weak hands. Are these stocks eventually going higher? Nobody knows. Again, nobody knows anything. But I mean, that was a flush. And that makes you think the short term top on all of these Momo names is probably in. So you probably look at these rallies as more opportunities to sell, as opposed to more opportunities to buy. Uh, if that's a hard low there, uh, I got to get rid of this. Where's the where's the support? I put that in last week for an article. We got to get rid of that, right? Because it broke fifty two fifty. I mean, let's see if this gets some legs. If this is the stock that everyone thinks it is, this is gonna it's gonna mosey its way back up to forty eight, forty nine, maybe even fifty. Test the uh, retracement of it hold in there and keep on going. But I, I like these kind of moves because I have, I have a reference point on the upside, yeah. I have a reference point on the downside. I have an expectation where it can go to. So, you know, there it is. I, I mean, that's if, you, if you're willing to uh, lean on to 36.42 low, obviously, I, I don't know exactly what it was yesterday, but someone took a stake in it today, right? And that's, we had some positive. That's why it's and- up after hours, yes. Um, yeah. uh, but uh, Rich... I keep messing up his name from from Rich Greenfield. Yeah, he's saying that we already knew that. So I don't know if that's the wow. case. I don't follow the story closely enough. And he, here's the deal with me is I'm never going to give a stock more than five minutes of real analysis, you know, <laughs> five to 10 minutes because I, I trade a hundred and some stocks over. I mean, I can't fo- afford to spend hours on one stock. If you're trading one stock, you can do the analysis. You can do your homework. I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people who are much more educated than me. That's why in the long-term investment portfolio, you know, when Michael Patrick comes on the show and he says he loves Zynga with a capital with a capital L on the love, I'll buy it. You know, and I don't know. And, and I bought it just because he said that. Because he thinks it's going to $16. He does a lot more homework than me. I don't know much about Zynga other than they do online gaming. Um, and you know, I look at the chart and I think, okay, well, it does have the 10 resistance, but I stuck into the long-term investment account because I've, Michael Pactor has, you know, done me right a lot of times. He's on the opposite side. He said he likes the FUBO, although it over, it went, it got overdone. I mean, it got overdone. Is the story over? Is it dead? Is it going to eight bucks? I don't think so. I would sell it all, but I kept a small piece only, you know, like, cause I'm not, I, I knew, you knew it was overdone. It was going to have a correction. I didn't think it was going to give back 25 points in three days or I would have sold it all. But I mean, you still look at this and you think, is there still a story here? I think there is. So I'm caught holding a small piece and I'll keep trying, you know, and I'll, I tried yesterday. I lost 15 cents on some extra shares. So if I see another setup, I'll jump in again. But you know, what I want to see now is I want to see yesterday's low hold. We need to see 3650 absolutely hold. You need to see it stay green. It's already leaking again here. I mean, it got up to over 41 it's starting to leak here again, which is not great news. It's not terrible news because the stock is still up a buck seventy, but you know it's not looking healthy. It's still not healthy from four days ago, that's for sure. Uh, let's take a look at it. Just um, I want to know what yesterday's high is. Uh, yesterday's high is forty-one forty-seven, and you snuck up over that in the after hours. It looks like, but today 
boom, right there, 4140. So there's your bogey on the upside. If you're looking for more, more follow through, you got to get into the 42 handle. I also, I think you also have just some shorter term players that like, well, I'm going to try 40. Well, I'm going to try 39. Well, I'm going to try 38, 37. You know, they're looking this, they're looking for a scalp here. So yesterday's high, big level. We'll see what happens there. Let's uh, talk Baba. They, they're all mad at us because we talked Fubo for too long. Let's talk Baba, B-A-B-A. Stock's up seven bucks here. There's a headline driving it. Are we are we out of the woods here? What's the deal? Tell me, Spencer Israel. I, don't know. I seem to think that we're closer to the uh, being out of the woods than you do. But the headline this morning is that I, I guess they are Jack Ma and those in charge of Ant uh, uh, and the Ant Group are mulling creating a holding company. Uh, regulatory structure for and group specifically that would open them up to new regulations and would probably appease the Chinese government. So that's that's the ant group side of the story. Uh, nothing specific to Alibaba this morning, but we all know that this this whole thing kind of started off with ant and their IPO yeah. in the first place. Uh, so it looks like that they're, they're trying to work to, towards an agreement, trying to appease them, change how they're regulated uh, in China. Uh, to me, that would indicate, okay, we're almost out of the woods, but you say otherwise. Well, if we were almost out of the woods, the stock would be up 50 points, not six points. So, I mean, we look at when this started, the stock was 300. It's now 229. There's still a lot of woods to get out of here. It's a step in the right direction, though. I will say that. And again, I don't know what to do on Alibaba. That's why I sold half. I didn't sell it all because I don't like selling the dip. But I'm like, I, it's the unknown of what is happening over here. With what's going to happen with the Chinese regulators? We've talked about all that, um, you know, a lot in the last couple of days. Those unknowns are still there for me, so I'm not sitting back here and loading up. If you believe we're out of the woods, why not buy it then? If you believe we're out of the woods, it's only up six bucks from where it was yesterday. I mean, it's down still 90 points from the high. So if you're of the belief, I am not of that belief. That's why I'm not buying. But if you are of the belief that we are out of the woods here now, we're coming out of the woods. It's a screaming buy them, but I'm going to say I'm not buying it because I do not believe we're out of the woods yet. Tough call. No thoughts. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just looking at it here because I'm kind of on both sides because like when we were talking oh about my. this, I could just <laughs> I, I, I know, you're no, no, no. But but you just just the way things have happened, just the way that the Chinese let's. I don't want to I don't want to use the wrong term here. Just the way the news flow goes with these kind of stocks and things that are coming out that you really don't have could, you know, there's bad news and then there's good news and then there's bad news. So you really don't know what's going on. I'll just say that. Yeah, I'll look at yesterday's high at 220, I believe, or the two day high from the day when uh, I think it was twenty nine ninety. I'll just use that as a bogey. We did get we did get over it in the pre-market. We're leaking a little bit. So I'm just speaking technical here. If you if the first half hour of the day, like you're holding 230, then yeah, I think there's gonna chance to rally. I think if you start to, you know, get under 230, leak under 230, then I think you have all these people that bought it for their one or two day scalp are gonna be, you know, saying, Okay, yeah, I'm out, I'm taking my profits here. Uh, but that's I'll just use 230 as the bogey. Uh, Pre-market high is above that, but it's not holding the gains. Uh, 231.73 is your pre-market. High. I don't so that's think just you can trade it technically at all. I don't nope. even think you worry about technicals on this. It's waiting for the next headline. 
if the next headline's good and they like, okay, we've got an agreement here, you know, to settle up all of the issues that the Chinese regular later has with Ant Group and Alibaba, the stock's blasting off. If they come out and they lay, you know, you know, charges or they go further, you know, to try to curtail whatever business practices are there, the stock's getting hammered. This sits here as a binary event and waits for the next time. It's not going to get any news, though, today. They're sleeping over it. No, I'm not saying that's why I'm saying it's just a no touch. It's a no touch for a while here. It's going to chop around. It's probably going to slowly come back because the buy the dip mentality in this market is not broken. So there's, you know, even when I started talking bearish about stock that I own, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm given with hate on Twitter, hate on the show. People are like, you're selling the dip. You're an idiot. You know, somebody tweeted at really? me, showed me that hair picture and saying, this is how you feel when you sell the bottom and Baba. Oh, yeah. Really? People don't want to hear negative about their stock. Really? It's like yesterday with Gordon Johnson and Tesla. People don't want to hear negative about Tesla. They don't want to hear about negative about a stock that they own. They come on. If they own a stock, they want to hear positive things about their stock. They want to, you know, you two obviously... Uh, give them you know the opinion that they want and they want if they own it they're obviously bullish they want you to agree with them so i mean when you give an opposite opinion people hate you for that and this is a tough business even as you know i'm just giving comment commentary on the markets because we can't please everyone there's a bull and a bear on a lot of sides of these trades so when you say something bullish about a stock the bears are mad at you but most of the people out there are bulls so when you talk bearish about stocks, people don't like it. And that's just this nature of this business. You know, think about, you know, and obviously the analysts, you know, we're not going to go back to people, but just saying Rich Greenfield from Lightshed, he says the hate that he got for, you know, putting that $8 price target on FUBO. I don't doubt it. I mean, he came out and <laughs> stated a bearish case on a stock <laughs> that, you know, a lot of people were in, including myself, and he got some major hate for it. So guts to him for being able to do that. I'll say, you know, that takes a lot of guts. To be able to come out, you know, and, and obviously give this bold, bold call. But, you know, you got to be able to take the hate or you got to just hide from the hate. And that's why I think a lot of analysts aren't that vocal because they don't want the hate. Hey, uh, what day was Rich Greenfield's uh, commentary? It was, it was over the weekend. It was over the weekend? Yeah, okay, I so, so. So you got all the people in at 60 and 61 and 62 and the high 50s who yeah. are super pissed. Oh, super pissed. No. Because it because it went down because of him. There's no doubt why it went down. Analysts came up gave an eight dollar price target. The stock fell. You know what? What did we fall? Like ten bucks. I mean, or what was was it over the weekend or was it on the Thursday? It might have been actually. Uh, I think it was last week. Yeah. It was. I think it was on the because he's tweeted so many times about it. I can't even date back to when he did this. There's hundreds of tweets about it. He's, he's talked about this. Anyway, so, okay, so yeah, point I, mean, I think I think they tee those stocks up too, you know, like that kind of you know technical you know move on it, and I, I and uh, left does that too. He citroned it, yeah, 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 yeah. He I mean, citroned he, it. He totally citroned it. Yeah, yeah. Another so fair. I mean, that that's Andrew Left made a lot of money calling Thompson stocks, and then obviously knowing his influence there. This is different. This is an analyst isn't taking a position. You know, this is an analyst just making a bold call. To move to a new firm, try to make a name for himself. And you know what? Props to him for trying to do it, making a bold call. I don't agree that it's $8, but when it was 50, it was probably overdone. I mean, if he came up with a $30 price target, it seems reasonable, or $20 price yeah, target, $8. Are, yeah. I don't think it's an $8 stock, or I would sell it at 40 today. But, you know, is it a $60 stock? Probably not yet. It got way overdone. So, anyways, we can't too. go back to Fubo. People get mad. Yeah, get me out. Oh, yeah. We don't, we don't want the hate here. 
Uh, <laughs> we we get the hate it. no matter what, y'all. <laughs> no, I chat no matter what we talk about, no matter some what love, guests we hate. have on. There's always someone in the chat bitching about something. I'm not going <laughs> to oh, get up swore. and You made Joel swear. You swear all the time now, Dennis. I'm going to come over there and wash your mouth. I don't out say that soap. word. I say shit That's or not- something. <laughs> <laughs> what about Jason's the- a bad influence on you. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on before we start getting fines from uh, for swearing on the show. Swear so I, I do want to go back. Do you want to go back to the Momo names that got crushed yesterday? Because there was so many. Sure, let's and do it. I like there's a I lot like. of people who are in a lot of these stocks. I mean, it was some of the SPACs that were getting hammered. Like, I, I know I cherry picked TTD because it's a $900 stock. Oh, and, what about you know, Shop- falls 100 points. But Shopify, I mean, Shopify lost about 100 bucks yesterday at one time in, in, in $95. From high to low on the day we talked square and paypal i was nervous about them because the stocks had started rolling over the day before and then they got the positive bitcoin bump that was the selling opportunity which PayPal one open paypal yeah square. great call on you great yeah call on you know what i just missed a square short so i had it out there opg that means opening only order i put it out there to sell short um because it was indicated open like 234 ish and then they pulled the rug out from under and they opened it way down 232, 38. So I had like 233 out there. I was like, I want to get sure at this open. So I put it even way below where it was indicated open. But then it opened even lower than that. So I didn't get it. And the stock obviously got crushed. And I was like kicking myself. I was like, oh, I should have went lower yet. Because you really took no heat. It opened up and it went straight down five points in five minutes. There was, and then some, it just news. Kept going there was down. some news too. Was it there, Spencer? On Square? It was, it was up on Bitcoin. It was up yeah, on was, Bitcoin, but later it, in the day, it was all Bitcoin. And then there was also like a Google. Uh, what happened? JP Morgan came out, I think, and said that Google Pay is going to be like a bigger threat to the Cash App and PayPal than what people expect. I think that's that was yeah. my, Friday or Monday. Um, but there, I don't even know what day is anything. So, so, anyways, you, you saw a lot of the names that you know have been winners. The, the the leaders became laggards, and the laggards became leaders. And we already talked, you know, how Apple, you know, obviously breaking out, making new highs here again. Tesla sits there and it doesn't know what to do. It's funny, you know, because it was grouped in with all the high Momo names, but Tesla just so bloody resilient. Even you get this wicked sell off in the trade desk and Shopify, and you think, well, there's a lot of crowded longs in Tesla too. Not so much. You want to know why? Because there's a lot of people who are banking on the Tesla topped out after the S&P inclusion too. So the short term like money, I don't think is as long Tesla as they were before. And the short term money isn't as, you know, and there's some short term money that is, you know, getting the bearishness going again. For whatever reason, Tesla just resilient stock. It doesn't matter. It's the, you know, the poster child for not, you know, looking up or not caring about fundamentals as market. And it continues to hold up well. So the tape, even yesterday with Tesla, I know it fell $20 from its highs, but it was still good news. That didn't get hammered like the trade desk. It didn't look well, fall like 50 bucks. So it's telling me there's still some love here in the short-term money for Tesla. Uh, I mean, the 650 area. I mean, if you were looking for, I think yesterday everyone was looking for 695 and then they couldn't get it. And, it, you know, I think it got to 681 and change and so sold off a little bit. So, you know, there's an intermediate number for you. Uh, I'm not going to go into all these individual stocks here, but people are asking about buy the dip and, and you know, like the trade desk and things like that. Day I one. Mean, yeah. I'm it, sorry. It, it's day one of the I, sell-off. I, I was just what this I was is starting say. the day two. It's never a great idea to come in and be the first one. Um, it's usually better to let the stock stabilize, start to form a base, and then start to try to come out of it. 
You know, it always seems better to wait. These things rarely snap back 100 points the, the next day. I it mean, won't anything do, yeah. can happen, but you rarely see a huge candle like that. And then the stock's just back up to 920. That is a rare event. So it usually patience pays after these big down days to not just jump in. Do you snap back 20 bucks sometimes? Yeah, but so usually this follow through. And I don't think we've seen the lows on the trade desk 830. I think eventually we're going to take those out too. You can have a, you know, we're in Santa Claus time. You know, the markets are starting, you know, pop, pop up. The markets themselves are doing very well. You know, the markets didn't get hammered yesterday. It was just simple rotation from leaders to laggards and laggards to leaders. So you've got to get, if you can get ahead of that rotation, a lot of money to be made uh yeah the trade desk here i mean i mean if you're leaning on something lean on yesterday's low i mean there's a lot of area a lot of area to get back here and what, what were the other ones shopify what kind of day did that have Boom. not a good one not a good one yeah so i mean i mean anything, zoom, if, zoom if, has been in a yeah, zoom? you saw peloton turn yesterday yeah. oh. a lot of the names that they've been hiding out you know and i've just been winners 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 but, you know i had a tough day yesterday but zoom zoom was already like you could see the writing on the wall that's why we got bearish around 450 you know we've been bearish and obviously well it was even lower than that. we were bearish around 420 and then i had the run to 450 because everybody was like yelling at me saying i'm an idiot well it's 350 now so i mean the the story for Zoom, I don't think it's better. Stocks want something to look forward to. I want to take it to this because stocks always want something to look forward to. And look at the vaccine plays. You get Novavax, good news. You know, Moderna, good news. And they sell the stocks off on it. Why? Because the news is out there. They have nothing to look forward to now. I mean, what is the catalyst to take Novavax back up to all-time highs? What is the catalyst to take Moderna back up to all-time highs? Tell me, please. Because now the vaccine's being implemented, the story is like the stock story itself. What's the good news to look forward to in Moderna? What's the next big thing that's going to drive it back to 160? I want to know because I think the stock's going back to 80. I think you're, I think all rallies are to be sold because I just think the good news is all over here. Yeah, so but it had goodness. the wicked rally, but what's the good news to come? But you're forgetting a key dynamic of the markets, and that's why the dip always works. <laughs> it does on S and P's. It doesn't on individual stocks. We've you know proven that with Cisco twenty one years later. Um, so it seems to work on the U S. Like I, in the in the big indices because rotation seems to keep it up. But anyways, buy the dip doesn't always work. And I just think stocks want something to look forward to. I'd write that on page sixteen of my book. Who's writing my book for me? Page sixteen is stocks want something to look forward to. And if all the good news is out there, who's the coming to buy it? What are they buying? What's the catalyst to come? So that's why I think Moderna, Novavax, all the vaccine plays are sells into rallies because the good news is all out there. I don't see the catalyst taking higher unless we get another virus that you know, maybe a mutated version say. comes yeah. through and they need to get, create a new vaccine and everybody's going to be paying these money, people money indefinitely to create vaccines. I think the easy money has been made in these stocks. And if I was long Novavax and Moderna, I would be selling them into any strength. Uh, Pfizer too. I think that was the day that the trucks, you know, the pictures of the trucks going up when it hit 43. Uh, it's trying, it's trying to find some support in here. I mean, you got a little bit of consolidation, but once again, you know, they have, have other drugs in the pipeline. Um, oh, 1999 out of John Conrad here, uh, new to the chat, ARKG, we got to go to that. That's uh, one of Kathy Woods' ETFs, right? I mean, she's loaded up in all those Momo names that got hammered yesterday. Ooh, I don't know so, about that. So, 
you know, these have done really well. I can't, she's, she's done better than anyone, way better than me, you know, so in the last, in obviously 19, in, in 2020. So, I mean, good, you know, it's good. She's done really well. She's hiding out in all the same Momo names. So when they get hammered, her funds are going to go down more than the market. So, you know, S&Ps are up yesterday. You're like, what's wrong with ARK? What's well, full of all those Momo names that got hammered? Is the story over here? I don't think so. Am I coming in and buying? I, I don't, you know, I, I, there's a lot of names in there that, you know, me, I like a little bit of valuation, like growth at a reasonable price. She's into some growth at any cost in there. Don't kill yourself. <laughs> so um, I, that's why I stay away from ARK only for that reason is that she's in a lot of investments that will really get hammered if the market goes to turn. But if the market continues to go higher, she's probably going to outperform because she's in a lot of high beta names. This one. So uh, it all depends on what you think of the market, whether you're going to buy ARK or not. If you're, if you're afraid of heights, then you sh- I, I'm looking at this one here. And uh, I don't. it's already taken out yesterday's low. Mm. Ah, look at look at the four low 94 bucks and the reason i'm gonna say 94 is because you had three lows between 90.204 and 93.97 so if it comes down there if i'm just looking for a scalp i'm looking you know to cover short or something you want to have that bit out at 94 because it can go to like to 92.50 and then you're thinking oh yeah baby here comes 90 and then it's back at 96 and a half 97 so i don't in this one, I don't see any support till 94. Is it going to go there? Who knows? But that there's working in that one green bar looking kind of heavy to me. I mean, this thing has tripled since the beginning of the year. Well, there's money hiding out there, too. Yeah. I mean, it all depends on the Momo names. It's the trade desk and all of them bounce back. I mean, I don't know what, you know, obviously she owns a lot of Tesla, which probably helped her yesterday. Because the Tesla, it was up. We said that held up. Yeah, better. I don't know. I don't follow her closely enough. I don't look. I know there's people every day. What did she buy? And they got to go buy what she bought. I mean, because she's been hot. So this this happens, you know, when when the the hot everybody's following. Is this the one that Bill Santiago told us to buy, Spencer? Remember when he was on the show, Uh the election show? Potential. there, was, what, which which funds she had? There's two funds she has, right? Or is there more than two? She's got more than two. She's got the ARKK, AR, uh, ARKK, RKW, ARKW. How are they different? Uh, well, ARKG is, is genomics, right? So it's all healthcare. A okay. lot of a lot of biotech. Yeah. Right? And you can go to the the ARK Invest site. I own ARKW. I can never remember, but I'm 99 percent sure it's ARKW. <laughs> um, and 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 to Joel's point on on those real fast. I mean. I don't even really know what to say either. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm long one of these things, but if you're afraid of heights, I, I mean, I, I can't blame you for that. Um, but yeah, she's got a bunch of growth, fo- growth focused ETFs. ARK- Does she do any value? It's all growth. It's no, all, no, she's no, all about no. Growth. It's, all, it's all investing in the future. Disruptive yeah. technologies. It's, it's not, it's not. How come these are not on major exchanges? I'm looking at, uh, they are. That's well, bats. I saw one on bats. Well, I guess that's a major exchange. But... Oh, they're they're all traded. These are these are widely traded. They're liquid. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah these are fairly liquid. Volume. And they're going to follow the NAV. She's a, she's a fintech system. one too. ARKF, I believe. Yeah. Um, What's so... NAV on some of these, Dennis? Do you have that? Well, I don't have it in front of me. I mean, you can go look it up. Mm-hmm. I think she's publishes it right on the site every day. I think they're within the reason. Like, oh really? They're okay. Trading way above NAV. No, no, no. There's this huge Kathy Woods premium that's put on, and she's 20%, you know, higher than NAV. I mean, Buffett no. has always traded significantly above his NAV. Look at look at Icon Enterprises, man. Look at that thing. That thing's done nothing. I always, bring but you that. don't hear anything from Uncle Carl. 
I mean, when I do we hear from him? I hope he's okay. Yeah, because you don't hear much from him anymore. He's getting older. So you don't hear much from Icon. And we know, is it his son that's taking over most of, most I of it now? Know. I've seen some headlines go by. I believe, you know, there is some succession planning going on there. So, I mean, how old is Carl? He's got to be like 85. He's up there. He hasn't been on CNBC with Wild. Oh, I love Carl, too. Like, he's so much fun you know, to watch in interviews. He's old. so opinionated. He's 84 years old. He's 84. I mean, Uncle Carl, you know, used to be like. And, he used and, to move stuff. Oh, man. He come in. He still does. Don't kid yourself. He's just not talking. He's not on. He's not on the major media. He's not. You don't see a lot of major moves happening with him lately. So, but don't kid yourself. If he comes in and takes a new stake in something, that stock goes up. So he is still influential. He's just not, you know, doing as much. Okay, yeah. SP's leaking here. I mean, nothing, you know, nothing major. We're six points off that high at 47.75, currently trading 41.50. So nothing mid-range on the sessions, down a few more points. So we'll see what happens there. 8.33, want to cover one or two more stocks before Nick comes on? Sure. And Joel, JP in the Benzino.com chat confirming, yes, ARKG is what Bill Sondago. Man, our chat's got memory like now. Man, our chat, what do we got? Got some smart guys. They remember everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else here was on our list before? Let's, let's do Nick Shaheen in, in a couple of uh, minutes here. Uh, let's talk LCA, Dennis. Isn't there a vote today? Yeah, there is. Um, you know, this has been one, and I haven't sold any shares. Um, do you lighten some up into the vote? I don't know yet. I haven't decided what I'm going to do into it. Um, so it's had a hell of a run. I've doubled my money in this thing. You know, a lot of times they say when you double your money, sell half, and you're completely playing with the house's money. I did that in FUBO. Um, you know, it's not a bad strategy, but, you know, there's some stocks that, you know, you kick yourself and they go up three, 400%. You're like, why did I sell half? So I still think the story here, the online gaming story, is going to get hot again in 2021. It's had a good run. So it has been moving. I mean, we're looking at a stock that was $12 in November. So it's up substantially in the vote. So I'm... I'm torn, torn on it, you know, maybe sell half, maybe, you know, you see what happens. I w- do we know what time the vote is? Shouldn't you know what time? <laughs> wait, wait, you want me to know? You should know. I don't know. I have a hundred stocks. I don't know what individuals, if you're looking, if you're sitting there and you're looking at every single headline, I mean, if, if you're an active trader and this was a trading position, it's to know, but if you're investing and you're reading every headline about your investing stock, you're going to get shaken out of everything. So I think it's better, you know, just to buy good companies that you believe in, buy good stories you believe in, and let them do their thing and try not to look at it every day. So I haven't looked, I didn't even know it was a $26. I didn't know it was this high. Last time I was looking at LCA, it was like 20. So, I mean, that's how often I look at it, but it's a big position in my long-term portfolio. I bought, we bought it, we all bought it. A lot of people were in this. I was talking about the story. I took some heat on this. I bought this at like 13 or 14. Right. And it went right. down under 12 after I bought it. So I didn't. Okay, didn't here we go. It it's at noon. It's at noon. There you go. Now, it didn't, it didn't pass last time, correct? Yeah, they've people, changed things. People up. like Dennis didn't show up to vote. No, I know. I didn't show up to vote. <laughs> I won't again. I'm one of those asshole shareholders that don't. Did vote. you get your proxy in the in the mail? From, they throw uh, those right in the garbage. I know. I, know. I don't. They, I get so many proxies because why I do they do that? Stocks, my long. I know. Like oil. I don't you get them every day. I know. I know. And right it, when in you the have garbage. multiple, I know. I don't I got, open them up. They go right in the garbage. Man, and, you know, I probably missed some. I know there's some class action suits and stuff that come through. You, I sat there and I filled out. It was like. um Valiant or whatever, you know, before it became 
uh, BH. Oh, man, we haven't talked about that in a long time. But I sat there, and uh, you could participate in this class action suit. And I filled out the paperwork, and it took me like two hours to fill out all the bloody paperwork. And uh, and then I got the settlement, and they're like, they settled for $7 a share. And then after all the lawyer fees, I ended up getting like 50 cents, 50 cents a share. I'm like, so they get six bucks. The lawyers get $5.50 or whatever. I get like 50 cents. I'm like, I wasted all that time. And they send me a check for like, I don't know, a couple hundred bucks. Because I had like four or 500 shares or something. It was something way back in the day. I'm like, you know, you, you literally, I sat there for two, two hours filling out this, all these forms to try to get a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or whatever it was. I mean, I, it's, it's a lot of work. To sit there. If you're in, you know, obviously if you're a fund and you got millions of shares of these things, it's serious money. If you got a thousand shares of something, you're filling out all these class action suits. I mean, it's a waste of time, in my opinion. What's your time worth? You know, you got to figure out what's your time worth. And if your time's only worth 50 bucks an hour, or 20 bucks an hour, or 10 bucks an hour, fill out the forms. I, I, you don't I, even know if they're going to turn out. That. Gonna, you don't even know if they're going to win, too. I mean, no, I know. They don't even turn into nothing. And then if you fill out something wrong in those firms, they don't give it to you. It's got to be dotted I's and cross T's. And if you forget to cross a T, they're like, oh, no, that's no good. You don't get it. I mean, they're, 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 so, so anyways, that's why I threw all that crap in the garbage. I don't worry about that. I'm trying to make money off the trading, not trying to make money off of shenanigans from lawyers trying to sue for everything. There's a class action suit. There's a thousand Every day, there's, like Yeah, if you look at them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You I, I want to ask our guest, Nick, Nick Shaheen is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Nick, are, are you a more active or responsible <laughs> show? I know the answer to this one. <laughs> what do you do with your proxies when you get on the mail? I have very few, and uh, only when I get assigned uh, for like an hour. Oh yeah, because he's an option. You're an option. <laughs> so he's the rights to buy and the rights to sell. But with the ones you get assigned, you throw them in the garbage like I do. Yeah, I don't even open. <laughs> right it. in the garbage, he doesn't open them either. <laughs> Where are the asshole shareholders next? <laughs> they're they're like they're like. Well, this guy owned it yesterday, but he doesn't own it today. What's going yeah. on here? He you owned his- it an hour ago, but not now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's like they sent me a proxy. So I sold two. Weeks. I bought owned it for a day. I just owned it on the wrong day yeah boy today you guys are fiery i'm hearing cuss words and That's dennis. no no De- dennis i bet you you do three or four a show now i, no, I, like, I, I we're gonna have to have i heard i heard two i heard two words. today i heard yeah, th- what were the words uh asshole is one of them yeah i guess this isn't rapper room anyways nick let's not listen to portnoy too much Listen, uh, let's talk. Let's just talk the overall market. Uh, boy, making these nice moves overnight, just kind of sitting there the day. I know, got any projections up here? Any, yeah, I yeah. know you're good with targets. I, yeah. I just kind of do my daily levels and have a few tricks to use, but uh, let's hear what tricks you're using. So, uh, I every weekend before after the weekends, I should say, I recap the week and I forecast the week thereafter. And I put boxes, uh, I started putting boxes in the range that I see from the options. And this week, all three the three major indices are at the top of the bo- boxes as predicted by the um, options prices on at the end of last week, except for the small caps. So if you want to watch anything today, watch for the small caps because they're head and shoulder and, and they could drop down to the uh, 1970 on the um, RTY, the, 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 uh, the futures contract on the small caps. So the, this is probably the, the best uh, thing I added, which is the visual share of 
what the information and the options markets are telling us. And then every day, look at the opportunities. And all these pops in the indices uh, had you know, stalled at the line, so we had time to look at it. So somebody that's really studying the market can almost predict these pops from an opportunity perspective. You can't say they're going to take it today, but if they do take it, you know where to go with it. Uh, so the queues were on the radar from last week, and the, the Dow, uh, the S&P had already popped, it popped again, and the small caps kind of fizzled. Uh, so now I'm watching what the small caps are going to do because they rallied first and hardest, and now they're rolling. I just want to make sure it's not a canary in the coal mine. So, uh, But there are a lot of mega caps that can take over the reins from the Momo stocks that you guys noted earlier uh, that had lost um, uh, steam. So you mentioned BABA. I like BABA at these levels. It's really cheap from a valuation perspective. The chart looks like it's fallen into pretty strong support. It's a zone. It's not a hard line. But if I own it, now is not the time to get out. Um, and Ant Financial, I think, had some news this week. So maybe that'll get the regulators off their backs in China. Well, that's what I was saying, but Dennis seems to. I'm saying headline risk here is the problem. Is that well, we don't know what the next headline's going to be. Of course, be. yeah. So that, that that's why I kind of stay away from it. I own it. I, I've sold half because I was nervous, but I'm worried about the headline risk. That's why I don't back up the truck. I don't back up the truck. Well, it all all depends on when somebody got in. If I'm not owning it, this is a great time to get started. There's risk in every stock. I'll take that risk over any other stock that I'm seeing right now, um, from a perspective because. It it look at the net income of how it you know tumbled up from like three years ago. It's just massive. You can't ignore financials like that and say I'm I'm going to stay out of it for headline risk. There is risk in everything, and this is a risk I'm willing to take. Um, I'm long Baba clearly. How would I do it now? I would buy in the money calls or closer to money calls way out in time and start selling weeklies against them, covered calls, um, and lower your entry costs. I would sell put spreads. What, 20%? Will 20% do you good? Sell it out in time and forget about it. Uh, Nick, you were listening to, our, to us before and you you posted a chart of Square that I, I want to bring up here yep. for a second. Show us what, uh, what this chart uh, says. So this is just, I was talking to the point that you guys mentioned that um, it tumbled. And... I've had conversations yesterday with a couple of people that are telling me, how come the stocks are not rallying and the markets were up 1%? Because we got the stimulus and the market, the market is not rallying. I was like, what do you mean the market is not rallying? We're up 1%. But they were focused on all these names that are making the headlines, this, this, the, the high-flying names. And they saw them down 5 6% consistently, like Zoom and company. So this is not one of them. I mean, this one has different financials than, than the other high flyers. And it's just one's dropped just 2%. It's a hair away from the all-time high. And if you look at the trending channel, um, it, even though it is a steep one, it's not normal looking, but this is merely a reversion to the mean inside that channel. The red and blue is a mere uh, regression line. It, it's drawn automatically from trading view, so it's nothing fancy. Uh, it just tells you that it's reverting to the mean and it does happen. Even if it goes to 210, that whole cluster is it was consolidated for almost a month. And if, and if that fails, 190 is a really nice, 190 plus, like 195 is another pivot zone that will provide support. And if that fails, you got support around 180 that's even stronger. So it's not the same as Fubo, which you mentioned earlier, which I don't believe has any sales. 
um, I, I'm not an expert at it. No, no, that's not true. What? Fubo has revenue. Okay. So I looked it up on TradingView. It showed me nothing. So maybe whatever it is, it, it's not Fubo. The fundamentals are not the same as Fubo, to my knowledge. I could be wrong about that. I'm not an expert on Fubo. But anything that rises like Fubo is not the same story as, as Square. And that was kind of like the, the light note I was trying to make with that chart, that it shouldn't raise eyebrows or actionable drop. So if I'm long it for a trade, maybe I've stopped myself out. If I'm looking to get long for a short-term swing, maybe that's a place I would get start or start to looking at it. Like I have my alert on Square at 209. If it drops there, I'll probably sell a credit put spread with a tight stop below it. Uh, Nick Shaheen can be found on Twitter at Racer Nick. That's Racer N I C. Uh, someone in the chat just asked that. Nick, right, before he goes, I want to ask you: no, know, no, Do you I, have any picks for 2021? Because no. we're coming in the next time we get you on. Is there any like you're approaching? You know, as we come into a new year, how are you approaching the new year? Okay, so I'm taking it one line at a time. I, I'm long gold. I like Boeing. I'm long Boeing, uh, but I'm long from eight from ninety. So. Take that into consideration. And I long from 90. You bought yes. the very bottom on Boeing? I bought the very bottom when Trump was on TV and said, we will help Boeing. That was it. Sold puts and never looked back. So, um, and bought call spreads. So you took for, the stock? Uh, I did not, but I did take uh, calls and they're super profitable. So I'm selling against them all calls. along and I'm selling put spreads on every dip and I've yet to lose with one of those put spreads. I share, I share with, uh, with the chat room, uh, those, um, I haven't, uh, the last batch I sold the put spread, I let it expire or I bought back early, left some money on the table and I'm, I haven't reloaded on that effort, but, um, I think it'll be in the three hundreds and it will go back to its usual thing because it's really, you know, they call it a duopoly. I don't even think it's that when, when the only two companies are all sold out for, for a long time, it's really one company. So customers don't have a choice they have to go to them um, if we continue flying they're going to be like the olden boeing every dip is a viable dip so long gold i like long boeing um, i like the concept of picking companies that are winners and sticking with them and you can trade them uh, i like palantir uh, one that i discovered recently and people love it so i'll keep playing it until it fails the 25 has been viable for a while and the 28 was shortable until last week so you know you can trade that range but be long long term like if you own the stock you can sell calls against when it approaches 30 uh if you want to get long you can sell puts underneath it and if you get the stock great if not you created income out of nothing that was a lot of good thoughts there nick shaheen as i said the author of create income with option spreads also sellspreads.com the links to those platforms are in the uh the youtube chat there uh nick we always appreciate your insights we won't talk to you again until 2021. So have a have a happy new year, and we will see you again uh, next year. Likewise, and keep up the great work, great show, great alternative to that right. junk over. Great, great insights this Thanks. year. Oh come on, Nick! You know you're going to go turn on CNBC right now. What? I haven't watched CNBC in weeks. <laughs> I promise. Oh wait, I did last time, and I picked the fight with whatever his name is, the judge. Man, I got slammed <laughs> on Twitter even harder than. Then Josh Brown did one time. They unleashed the dogs on me. I got trapped. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like I, you I enjoy it, Nick. You seem like you enjoy it. It was funny because some of them were actual morons. But anyway. 
Can All we right. say morons? There we go. Yeah, All we right. can do that. All right, have Thanks a good one, Nick. Thanks a lot. All right, eight forty-eight. We'll have JC Perez on in about twelve or so minutes. Uh, I was going to ask you guys for your thoughts on Boeing. I know Nick just gave his. Joel, do you, you want to pull up that chart? And you, you have any thoughts? Because today is the first day that the seven thirty seven thirty seven max is back in the air. There's a flight leaving out of Miami, I believe. Uh, so we, we they made it through that crisis. It seems like. Uh, we knew this was happening, so I went long it overnight, and I just sold it earlier before the show started. So I sold a little bit lower than this, but just trying to extract the alpha. And I knew the CEO, was they said it was going to be on Squawk Box at 6 o'clock, so I was like, wow, that's probably going to be a catalyst. So I bought the clothes yesterday and just sold it. I mean, these are just you know little flips, little date, little overnight trades that there's alpha to extract from you know people are going to talk about it tomorrow. So, you know, Boeing is going to be a big thing everybody's going to talk about. And obviously, um, you know, that, that that's how I was trading it. But I'm out of it now. Just a short day trade. Overnight I mean, trade. It, 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 you know, it hasn't come back, uh, you know, commensurate with the rest of the market. So that looks good. It look, rock solid support. I see it 210. Yeah, 210, 230. I, I mean, it's kind of in the trading range. I think as long as they could just stay away from the negative headlines get a few new plane orders you know um you know slow steady rise unless there's uh there's bad news in it but um just looking at it just has it seems like a lot of the big moves come overnight i see what happened uh when it gapped up from you know the 160 area to 175 it kept on going so you got to be in it to win it all right let's do some questions from our chat uh for the next few minutes What's on Airbnb? We haven't looked at Airbnb for, I haven't looked at it for about a week. So I don't know where it is right now. Ugly candle yesterday, along with all the other high flying, you know, anything that's trading 50 times sales, you know, it got hammered yesterday. They were going into the value tech trade, not the growth tech trade. Uh, You could trade anything. I mean, this isn't going my long-term best portfolio because I can't wrap my head around that it's worth more than every hotel chain in the world. But, you know, it's an awesome app, awesome run company. I like the, you know, the gentleman, obviously, who started it, who's on CNBC all day when they did the IPO. Um, you know, it seems like a real good speaker. And I like the, so I, it seems, you know, the management's good here, too. But again, this is valuation. I just can't wrap my head around it. But you can trade anything. I just, I think if you're coming in here now, I think yeah, you wow. still got this, you know, people got hurt yesterday on a lot of Momo names. Maybe they come in and they slam stocks like this, too. I, I'd be careful on stocks like this right now. Yeah, boy, I had the dip, the rip. I mean, I I really don't have. I mean, I guess you could figure the fifty percent again, but when it came back through that that one, it just ripped right back up to the high. So it's eventually going to calm down here. Um, I see daily support here, just one forty five. I don't know. I think you might event. Has this ever had an inside day? No, it hasn't. So. Uh, this one almost was, but tough chart. I'm going to, I'm going to pass on I mean, I like the concept. All of these stocks are moving together right now. They're all moving together. They all got hammered yesterday because the growth tech trade came off. Does it bounce right back here? I I, I don't think about, I think you see a little bounce and then I think there's more sellers ahead. So I'd be just cautious and buying all these high, you know, something trading 50 or 80 times sales. They don't want those stocks right now. They were piling into Apple. They were piling into value tech yesterday. So, and again, that trades continues this morning, but it's rotation. You know, when you start seeing a couple of these names start to turn, 
that's when you strike on the laggards that you know the, the ones that haven't turned yet and, you know I, that's how i make my that's how i make the majority of my money is just identifying rotation before everybody else identifies it because it's all just like boom it's a big bulk of money it's just flowing here and it's flowing here and if you can figure out you know where it's flowing to you just watch you know i have like 200 stocks on my list i put all the momo names on the corner they all start going red okay well maybe there's a couple laggards that didn't open yet and i'll try to short them you know, right off the open, because now I have the information that, oh, it looks like they're rotating out of Momo at the open. Well, here's a couple Momo names that haven't been sold yet. So then I'll short those. So, I mean, that's all the little intricate timings, but that's day trading. Long-term investing, I don't touch this stuff because I can't wrap my head around the valuation. So two hats, one trade, anything, two long-term investing, tough. Inside day, when I mentioned that, that's just when the, uh, the previous day's range, you trade below the daily high, and above the daily low. That's the uh, definition of an inside day. And sometimes if you could get a, a couple inside days, you get a, you get some good setups. But uh, that's what I was just, little uh, information there for Surfline Bra asking that question. Uh, SP's just hanging out above 3740. Really kind of quiet here in uh, the pre-market trading. Everyone must be listening to pre-market prep and uh, not doing too much trading. Uh, analysts are quiet this morning with the exception of Goldman Sachs on Snapchat. They're raising their price target uh, 270 from $47. Wow. It's just that's a, that's, How much do they raise it to? That's uh, big. From 47 to 70 It's just amazing how much influence GS has. And here's a stock that got absolutely hammered with the Momo trade yesterday. And you get GS coming out and it gets an all back plus more. The concern a little bit. So I'm I'm mixed feelings on this because GS often has follow through. Um, So you'll see more people coming. GS believes in it. I believe in GS going to 70. I think it's going to 70. People think that. But again, this was a name that they didn't want to own yesterday. Now you get, boom, everybody who lost money yesterday is getting their money back plus more. So I think you do yeah. run into overhead supply issues here in the 52 area, 51, 52. Um, if we didn't have that ugly tape yesterday, I'd say you could get follow through here. But I, it concerns me that we have that ugly you know, tape on the stock yesterday. And now the snapback rally into it is typically a sell. It's a, it, But anything can happen here in these yeah 55 to 48 what you know basically a seven point move three and i i have to agree with you on this one couple red candles you're getting a snapback a lot of times with the goldman too right well 51.98 that was your high on thursday a lot of times it you know it's faded but then like a two days or three days later you know, you see some follow through that happened with Tesla, but I'd be focusing on, on that two day high at 51.98. You haven't got there yet. So if you're looking for a lot more follow through, let's get out, get into the 52 handle. And uh, also like this formation that you see here, you had a close on Wednesday at 51.74. Your high the next day was 51.98. So not only do you have a high in that area, you have a close. So Let's keep an eye on that if the rally can continue here in Snapchat. But what if you already sold it at 47? Yesterday? Well, have pretty saying, bad luck because you yeah, sold it yeah. below the low of the day if you sold it. Well, I'm just talking overall. Like, you know, when like when they raise these targets after the stock has far exceeded it, it's kind of like let, let you know beforehand. Or not far exceeded it, but I know but, but Michael Pactor addressed that and he's like, you don't want to be the analyst that's constantly seeing the stock move and then raising your target. And you know, you don't want to be one, you know, I have to every week I have to change my target because you know it's you know moved up past my target. 
I mean, your targets, your targets one year out. So it's a little bit overdone at that point, but do you want to be the analyst that's changed? You have to put out new research down in the stock every week. So I, you know, it's a tough job. So I can't say calling the guy, you know, the person was absolutely right. It's stock, you know, when they put the buy on this, when did they put the buy on that originally? Do we have that? Yeah. You go look handy dandy Benzinga pro. I think it's been a while. Let me see. Uh, okay, sort so by. That's right. I threw him out of the bus on this one, but this is oh, it's okay. We have information. I'm seeing an upgrade to buy. Uh, okay, so it was in July, July 12th. It wasn't that long ago. Well, they, it's July 12th. The yeah, stock that's was a nice, trading yeah. at 20 bucks, and they put a $47 price target on it. That's pretty darn good. The guy's a genius. So, anyways, dead right. Good job, GS, on this one. I'll give you props, GS. That's an awesome call. And the stock went there, and now they're raising and thinks it's got more gas in the tank. So props to him. He's done everything right so far. Or her. I don't know if it's a him or her. Oh, I just have uh, – it's a him. It's his, his name is Heath something. Good job, Heath. Heath. Heath Terry. If you're listening, good job. Heath Terry. Job. All right. Let's do, uh, <laughs> let's do one or three more. Uh, and before we go to JC Preds, hit that like button if, we're, if you uh, – I think we're giving, giving out some good info today. We appreciate all the likes. Let's look at Cintas here. We have not talked about this stock in quite a while on our show. CTA format maker. I, I thought uh, I, I uniform. Uniform. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought yeah, they, were, they do formats too. They do all that uniform. We had this argument before because I used them at that old restaurant that I had years ago. Cintas that came in. And they charged me like wow. fifteen bucks to change the floor mats every two weeks. And I was like. You know what? I'll go out and buy some floor mats and change myself. <laughs> they were just killing it, man. I was like, Wait, they clean you, up and they make them all look nice, but holy, they were rocking it. Are you referring to your Quiznos? Yeah, <laughs> that was a bad investment. <laughs> I've had some bad investments. That was a bad yeah. one. Quiznos, a, a dentist story show. We got the uh, no, uh, no stories on the, Quiznos. The, the Quiznos. The value trade came back on yesterday. Sometimes I see this as value. I mean, yeah, I, don't know what the I multiple mean, is, but. It's not trading mm. 50 times sales, I'll tell you that much. So these types of stocks were the stocks that came into favor yesterday. So you know, on a pullback, I'm probably a buyer of this because usually these moves aren't just done in one day. Mm. Tough chart, high price stock. I mean, looks like 340 support, 360 for uh, resistance here. That's been, I mean, you did spend some time over 360. Haven't spent much time under 340, so this loses 340 more you know you see some downside also look you know look at the monthly trend here uh the monthly lows monthly uh ever since well i mean this is the mar looks like uh july march low you've had higher monthly lows and higher monthly highs so this is the first month and we're still we got a couple days left where it hasn't made a new monthly high so Keep an eye on that all-time high. You want to see it get up there, take it out, and keep on going. I mean, these stocks could always have some pullbacks, especially when the economy gets going back again and people are going back to the office and, you know, whatnot, and their business doesn't seem like it hurt them too much, not no. uh, replacing mats and restaurants. So, no. Well, uniforms is the main business, I think. So, Well, people going to work wearing uniforms. I mean. that's a, I know. It didn't hurt them that much. The stock held up very well. Maybe it's because a lot of their uniforms are essential businesses. One more. We talked a lot of Fubo today. What about their peer Roku? How would you how would you approach Roku? I haven't taught Roku in a while, huh? The stock fit the bill of the stocks that were getting hammered yesterday. It held up better than Shopify and Trade Desk, but I'd be a seller of rallies after yeah. that candle yesterday. It's yeah. just so it's been overdone. It's two hundred to three fifty. What do you want? I mean, I'd books the profits. I'd even rally. I'd sell it just in the three forty two area. I'd just if I was in it, I'd sell it. 
And if you don't want to just sell at the market right now, if it takes out that low from yesterday, 340, I mean, I wouldn't want to stick around trying to figure out where the support is. I mean, because I see it at 320. So under yesterday's low, I'd look out. I'd look out on the downside on this one. And if it goes red, that was pretty, I closed near the low too. So you're getting a little bit of a pop. Don't like it under 340. All right. It's nine o'clock. Let's bring on our final guest of the day, JC Peretz. He is the founder of All Star Charts, a chartered market technician, great technical analyst. JC, good morning. What's up, fellas? How's it? Long time, man. It's been a while. How you doing? I know. I know. Uh, good. No complaints. You know, a lot of charts. Good music. Good wine. You know, not this early though. Don't you wait till at least noon to have wine? Depends on the day of the week. You know, (laughs) listen. Champagne's a great breakfast beverage. You know, don't let uh, you know. Don't let people shy away. There's nothing wrong with little shams for breakfast. Maybe not on a Tuesday, but you know, a little Sunday morning brunch. What's wrong with that? If it ends, if the day ends in a Y, right? Correct. Yeah. I don't judge. All right. So listen. So guess what I did this morning? Uh, you had some champagne. No, I listened. I listened to your interview from a year ago. Okay. At our year end show. And if you're a baseball player, you're doing great. You were 50%. All okay. right. All right. <laughs> One year ago, that's a long time ago. No, that's no, no. He went out online. And do you remember what your pick of the year was? I have no idea what <laughs> I did. Amazon. All right. That's a pick. That's a good one. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, Jay. One for, the, one for the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, you talked about it. I think at the time it was like around 1500 I think you said 2000 maybe 3000 exceeded that. Um, and you talked about discretionaries now, you know, canary in the coal mine here, COVID. I just, you know, I just want to talk to you, like, from the perspective of your bullish Amazon, you know, how did you, you know, it and, and not a, this exact example because the market, but you know, give us some of your thoughts from March and April and May because if you were there, you know, holding on, you took some heat. So, I just want, I mean, great call on that. I just wanted to talk about it to perspective, uh, you know, that heat you were potentially taking in uh, February, March and part of April. Yeah, no, we weren't taking any heat at all. Uh, We were incredibly short and obnoxiously irresponsibly long bonds uh, at the end of January going into February. So as the market was crashing, we were rooting it on, you know, the lower, the better. Uh, I was actually, you know, fortunately, um, you know, Wall Street Journal and some of these other publications still reach out. I think it was the worst day in the history of the Dow in late March. And we were quoted in the journal as having the best day in the history of our firm. I, I, so, I remember that. I remember that, JC. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, this, you know, thank God for technical analysis, because if you were watching price, there was no reason not to be short in February. There was no reason to be long in February. This market crash came after more warning signs than oh, any market so crash in so history. Many. It was yeah. it was quite. I mean, I didn't know there was going to be a crash, but it was very obvious not to be long stocks. Um, so that worked out very well. So no heat, Joel. This is a great, you know, and JC, because you will cut losers. You know, you're one that, you know, if you you'll change your opinion on a dime, if the technical, you know, if the, if the technical start to look negative, 
you'll move and you'll move from, you know, being bullish a stock to bearish a stock just like that, just looking at the charts, right? But we'll identify that beforehand. So it's okay. not like, hey, we're buying Amazon and then the next day it's like, oh, never mind, change that idea. It's yeah. not like that. It's like, okay, we're bullish Amazon as long as this is happening. Yeah. But if that happens, then all bets are off. So like that, that roadmap is outlined prior to, right? It's not like, you know, we're changing our minds in the middle of a trade. It doesn't work that way because that's Looney Tunes. You know, if you start making decisions once your money's already on the line, like that's no bueno. You want to, you you want to take your craziness out of the equation. You want to identify what the market has to do to prove your thesis invalid. And at the same time, what the market needs to do to prove you're right. Where are you taking profits? <laughs> All right. So the other the other call was you were looking for the 10-year at 3%. Yep. That's um, right. So, I mean, everyone's looking for inflation and everyone's talking about inflation, but we're not seeing it. Do you think there's a chance that, you know, we're going to see a change in rates here in 2021 and, you know, maybe get, uh, get a bump up in, in rates or – where you, where you stand on that in 2021? Yeah, I mean, listen, rates probably keep going higher. I think there's a lot going on there. Um, you, you know, I don't know where you're looking for inflation. I look at the bond market. Inflation-protected treasuries are outperforming regular treasuries, so the bond market's pricing in inflation. So the bond market's pretty important as far as I'm concerned. You know, when you look at, um, you know, yields globally, they're not going lower, right? So the first thing that, that, that assets need to do before they can start going up is stop going down, right? And when you look at some of these global yields, at, at the very worst, they've flatlined. At the best, they've started to go up. So bonds aren't necessarily somewhere we want to be long, quite the opposite. They keep making new relative lows uh, compared to stocks. So the stock market has been the wiser choice. To not be long stocks has been foolish. To be long bonds has been even more foolish, right? So as far as inflation goes... Um, look at crude oil back above those former lows. If oil's above 40, the path of least resistance is still higher. Um, look at the CRB index back above those 2016 lows. Uh, look at the CCI index, which is the equally weighted commodities index, which eliminates that heavy energy weighting in the CRB. Um, you know, uh, to me, all of those things are inflationary. Uh, higher stock prices, higher commodity prices, higher interest rates, lower bonds. Uh, to me, those are all inflationary assets uh, pointing to exactly that, Joel. Right. Let's move on to 2021. And, uh, you know, let's some uh, overall picks. Give us a, uh, something you like and something you don't like. Well, I don't like bonds. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, listen, the the the. We want to, we, I mean, I'm ripping through 5,000 charts a week. I got a team of 20 at this point. That's how much we've grown since uh, you guys and I started doing this years ago or almost a decade ago, I feel like. Um, you know, so I'm looking through a lot of charts and, you know, we want to ask ourselves, should we be spending our time looking for stocks to buy or should we be spending our time looking for stocks to sell? And um, the weight of the evidence continues to suggest that we should be allocating our time looking for stocks to buy not looking for stocks to sell. That's the bigger thing. Which stock is, I feel like, less important than whether we should be buying stocks or not? Which stocks? I look at tech, uh, large cap, mega cap tech. They've done nothing for four months. They're obviously in uptrends. I'm not sure if you heard. 
And, you know, if the S&P 500 is going to 4,000, 4,500, if the Dow Jones Industrial Average is going to 36,000, 40,000, they're not going to get there without the participation of Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, NVIDIA, right? Those names need to participate. I'd argue uh, they're... <laughs> They, 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 you know, we're not going to get to those levels without these guys participating. So the bet we're making is that uh, these consolidations over the last four months uh, will resolve in the direction of the underlying trend, which obviously uh, is up. Uh, and I think we get breakouts and, um, you know, mega caps resume, right? Because we've gotten major rotation uh, out of mega cap names and into <clears throat> small caps, mid caps, even micro cap stocks, tremendous outperformers. I feel like it was just yesterday, these no talent ass clowns are telling me that it was only five stocks driving this market. Remember these idiots were telling us that? And I'm like, like, no, that's, that's, that's not the case. And then what's even more hilarious is that the market has absolutely ripped over the last four months and none of those five stocks have done anything. That's the not funniest them. part. So wait, so JC is, do did all the value people like win? I'm confused. Like who's right now? Because the the Fang stocks did nothing for a few months, and value actually went up for once. But now there was that rotation again yesterday. So, like, well, value's value's been going up. It's just an underperformer, right? Number one. Number two. These small cap stocks. There's nothing value about them, right? These small caps and mid caps absolutely ripping. There's no there's no value there. These are as growth as growth gets. Right. So just because these mega caps money has rotated out of these monster mega caps doesn't make it a growth versus value thing. I don't know where people come up with that. It's actually the opposite. It has nothing to do with that. It's a market capitalization rotation. It's not money out of tech. Right. Because most of those FANG stocks aren't even in tech. 80 percent of FANGs, not even technology. Right. They're communications. They're consumer discretionary. So it's not so much money coming out of tech. In fact, small cap tech, mid cap tech, they have absolutely been ripping. So it's been a market capitalization rotation, not a growth value, not out of tech. You know, I hear all these things and I'm like, what are you, what, what market are these, what year are these people looking at? This is not what's happening. <laughs> JC, I'm curious if there's like one overarching lesson that you learned there was a learning year for everyone in the markets a pretty unique year is there one lesson that you learned this year yeah i underestimated the value of relative strength you know and and you guys how long have you guys known me i'm like mr relative strength right that's all i looked at and coming into this year i would have sworn up and down how important relative strength is and how it's like the second most important thing we look at and blah 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 and i would have told you all those things and now in hindsight I was still underestimating just how important relative strength is because one of the zillion reasons why we were selling stocks at the end of January and buying bonds is because of the deterioration in market breadth, the relative weakness or the lack of relative strength, if you will, in things like transportation, in things like regional banks, in small caps. These were the laggards, right? These were the, the sectors and the stocks suggesting right? Because remember the Dow industrials are making new highs and transports were not. So the bulls were like, well, transports are not yet, but they're going to catch up now, right? That was the bullish argument. My argument was, well, if transports are not going to play catch up, they sure have a funny way of showing it because they're breaking down to new 10 year relative lows. So my bet was the opposite, that it was industrials were going to catch down. Regional banks peaked in December of last year. So by the time the market peaked in mid-February, the relative weakness or the lack of relative strength was quite apparent. Then in the depths of the market crash, 
while the market was making new lows, you look at the relative strength leaders. What were they? Activision, Zoom, DocuSign, Regeneron. Uh, you know, all of these names were showing uh, Chinese internet of all things. Like the market's crashing and Chinese internet is breaking out to new relative highs. It's like, wait, what? Right? Like that was like a big, like, and that was, and then look what these things have done since then, right? That relative strength was there. So as, as, as important, and I promise you guys, and you guys know me, as much as I thought relative strength was important coming into this year, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart, I still underestimated it. JC, I want to ask you, I know you're looking at a lot of different stocks and sectors and, and you, you've been around for a while. What's your, what's your take on the SPAC market? I think it's great. Listen, you know, markets evolve. You guys know as well as I do, you know, our whole careers, these SPACs were loaded with these junky, you know, junior gold miners, right? Proven Mark Twain write pretty much every day that these gold miners are liars standing next to a hole in the ground, right? Like that's what SPACs were for, like to steal money from people and give it to, you know, CEOs of gold mining companies, right? I mean, like, as far as I'm concerned, these blank check companies, like it was like, no, stay away. Um, but times have changed, obviously. And as, uh, as we're price oriented, as, as you're obviously well aware. So for us, we don't care whether it's a SPAC or whether it's not. I mean, for us, it doesn't matter. I mean, listen, I'm all for it. Any way that companies can go public and eliminate these shitty banks out of the equation, like these banks are commoditized. Like, you know, you guys were talking about what certain banks were thinking about stocks. Like who gives a shit what these banks think? Like these sell side analysts, like the three that are left that hate their jobs. Like, like it doesn't matter. It's hilarious. Um, it, it really is hilarious. So anything that can eliminate these banks and just continue to just kind of push them away, uh, I'm all for it. The more SPACs, the better. SPAC, baby, let's go. We should we should start a SPAC. What are we would say about it. Yeah. We wouldn't we would do the SPAC. show anymore. <laughs> well, electric car, either electric car or battery. Uh, so yeah, we've been talking about it. That's funny. yeah. Battery on the blockchain, you know. There you go. Oh, what about Bitcoin? Let me ask you about Bitcoin. If you uh, any investments in that, and what's your prospects for Bitcoin? Yeah, Bitcoin has treated us very nicely. Uh, you know, for the most part, we've stayed away from it for years. Uh, this summer, right around ten thousand, you know, we're like, all right, let's go. If we're above ten thousand, we want to be long with a target back up to those former highs from twenty seventeen, and we got there uh, in November. So then, okay, mission accomplished. That was a nice double. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not part of this like cult or religion. I don't give a shit whether Bitcoin goes to zero tomorrow or goes to a million. It doesn't matter to me at all. Um, we're just trying to take chunks along the way. As soon as we hit that 20,000, all bets were off. Mission accomplished. Now that was our ceiling. So moving forward, heading into December, it's like, well, as long as we're below those 2017 highs, there's no reason to be long. If we are to break out, we want to be long with a target near 30,000 for a variety of reasons. I didn't know how long it was going to take for us to break out. It could have been days, could have been weeks, months, quarters, years, could have been never. I didn't know. As it turns out, it was about three weeks. So it was actually a little <laughs> quicker than I thought. And um, we <laughs> were happy to jump back in with a target near 30,000 and we're almost there. You know, and, and, and again, thank God for technical analysis because... I mean, of all markets, if you're ignoring price, like, whoa, like if you're focused on fundamentals, 
or, you know, not that there are any, but like if you think there are in Bitcoin, <laughs> you're very confused. Same thing with Tesla. Like if you're if you if you think you can put a valuation on something like that, like good luck. Right. So thank God for technical analysis that we can buy and sell stocks that are not there's no fundamentals. There's no earnings. It's just an idea. It's like a Fugazi Fugazi. You know, we don't really care. <laughs> he listens to the show, I think. <laughs> Everyone knows Fugazi. Uh Jason, getting some love. Is, is that a is that an assigned Mike Tyson punch out picture behind you? I won it at a charity event uh, years back, like in one of those like um, silent auctions or something like that. I forget. Great game. You know, back in the day in New York, I used to get invited to all sorts of stuff, you know, and uh, usually it was open bar and free food. So we'd always go be like, hell yeah, it's on my way home. Why the hell not? You know, I'll swing by the St. Regis for free sushi. And then every now and then I come back with some goodies, you know, usually like, a, you know, like a Benzinga hat or something useless <laughs> like that. In this case, I got, <laughs> you know what I use a lot? I have a Benzinga like coffee, uh, like a coffee thing that keeps it warm. I use that thing all the time. I'm surprised I'm not using it now. <laughs> AC Peretz, you can find more of his insights at All Star Charts. JC, as always, we appreciate your your insights, uh, your commentary. Uh See, it sounds like you had a pretty good year. I hope uh, the next year is as good for you uh, as, as as this year seems to have been. But uh, thanks a lot, JC. Happy New Year. We will talk to you again in 2021. Thank you, Spencer, Joel, Dennis. Always thanks, a pleasure, JC. guys. You're Happy great. New Year. Look great forward to talking humor. soon. Great humor. Talk to you soon. All right. Well, I can... love that Mike Tyson's punch out in the yeah. background. That, that's when games were games, man. I love that video game. I put some hours on that video game. Can we let's just do two more? Uh, we, we got a tip from Aaron Childs, and so I, I want to these. Tactics. I got these the, are small only I, the only thing I got in a uh, silent auction once. You know, I used to go around and bid things up, and oh, no. uh, well, Botox. I got stuck with Botox. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Botox. I, I got it. No, I just was trying to bid it up and help Botox. help people help people. You know, and I'm bidding it up, and Lisa was like, "What do you?" No, no, you can't lift offers at us at, at an auction for charity. <laughs> you can bid things up. You can bid it up. Whatever. You know, just jump people. Yeah, I got a great Albert Einstein uh, painting. Botox, just going yeah. in there at the last second. But go ahead. Two yeah. more stocks. And we're going to let it go. Okay. Uh, let's start with S-Y-T-A. These are, these are both. S-Y-T-A. Yeah. Seattle uh, Mobile. These were companies I presented uh, at our small cap conference. So pull your charts up and let's look at the charts. No, nothing about this company. This is tough. Yeah. It doesn't even trade much. So it, this is like by appointment only, Joel. I mean, this is not trading hardly at all. I, okay. I can't give commentary on this. Too small. Yep. Same here. Sorry. About, yeah, give us a tip. What's the other one? Uh, IDEX. This one's got more volume. If it's got volume, we can talk it. Um, you know, I had the big move, and then, you know what, ugly candle yesterday, though. It looked like it wanted to break out, and then kind of failed breakout to a certain extent yesterday. Just hanging out, big volume here. I'd say as long as you're above two, maybe, kid. But this is, you know, the better days were obviously behind it there, and it's, you know, trying to get up. It, tried, it did the whole thing. I had the big move, consolidation, trying to move higher here. I just don't like that candle from yesterday. I'm really bad at $2 stocks and $1,000 stocks. So, yeah. We're not real penny stock, you know, traders here. So we like trading the big cash. We like trading the, where the where the volume is. And I mean, this has some volume. But when we start getting stocks trading under 100,000 shares, it's hard because the slippage is in there too. I mean, you got to move money in, move money out. If you're trading 100 shares or something, you know, you can trade all this small stuff. But, you know, if you want to move some money into something, 
Sure. And all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to trade someone's under 100,000 shares. Your order itself is going to move the price. You know, that's called slippage. So you're trying to get into it. You got to pay 2 3% to get in, 2 3% to get out. Not my cup of tea. So um, it, it's tough. It's tough trading the smaller ones that don't have volume. They have volume. You can trade them. They don't have volume. I don't even look at them. Uh, just real question. Someone asked about uh, Baba filling the gap before the end of the year. I just, that's a, that would be a big move. Of course, anything can happen. It depends on the news flow. I just think you've got a lot of people that, that just are, you know, are not necessarily looking for this to go fill the gap that they pick things up on the cheap and they're just going to be scaling out. They're going to sell some at 232. They're going to sell some at 233. They're going to sell some at 234. So end of the year. I mean, if you get, Oh, this, this case is settled and everything's fine. Yeah, maybe, but I just think it'd be a creeper rally. And I agree with Dennis. Yeah. You get more news on that. So uh, Spencer, who's our guest tomorrow? Uh, it's funny you ask. So tomorrow uh, we're be joined by Gene Munster. Oh, nice. So it'll be good to get Gene's uh, end of year thoughts uh, on tech and what he's looking forward to uh, next year. It's been about six months, I think, since we spoke to Gene. So it'll be good to get Gene on. I think it's what been it? less than that. But anyways, I trust yeah. you. Um, I want to also remind you that coming up in about an hour and a half from now, hour 40 minutes, is, uh, we're doing on SPACs Attack, the top SPACs of the year they're reviewing. The best performers like DraftKings and QS and Laser and all that good stuff. So check out SPACs Attack at 11 o'clock here on our YouTube channel. There's our disclaimer to remind you all that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. We appreciate all of the tips and super chats from YouTube, uh, Jason Rasnick, Aaron Childs, I know uh, CJ uh, Vic, there was a few others and I'm forgetting i apologize but we appreciate all that all that the biggest the biggest tipper is jason 150 bucks boom <laughs> I'm not that sure goes how, right to him I, that's all i was gonna say <laughs> he put himself in there uh painting the tape what, what was i gonna say uh yeah uh hit that like button smash the like button on youtube we appreciate that it's a way to show us some love uh we put this out uh for you uh for free uh for your information so i uh, do that for us please uh, thanks to our guests today, JC Perez and Nick Shaheen. We appreciate that as always. Catch a replay of the show on YouTube or on also every major podcast platform. All right. Joel and I will be back at 3.40 p.m. Eastern time. Everyone have a good rest of your day. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.